a blessed new year, a blessed new year. I pray the Lord will visit you this year in a beautiful, glorious way, and your family. I really mean that. And today I want to minister on entering the presence of God. I'm so glad you're with me and I want to say thank you for your love and support. And thank you for what you've done for the Lord and what you will do for the Lord. Let's pray. Wonderful Lord Jesus, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Thank you for your mercy. I pray, Lord, you'll bless your people. Thank you for your word. May your presence intensify in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. In the studio, I have Bruce. He's playing the lovely instrument that you're listening to. <clears throat> would you would you play uh, in moments like these? Yeah, I sing out a song. And dear Lisa, his wife is here, and Marie Dawn is there, and Chad. So you all want to say Happy New Year so they can hear you. Happy New Year. Amen. In moments like these, I want to lift up my hands. I love that song. All right. Worship is one of the most important themes of the Bible. And to all of us, it's of amazing importance, tremendous importance. But I think I've come to the conclusion that many believers don't understand it. They don't understand worship. I don't think they have a clear understanding of, of the nature of worship. And I'm often asked about that. Talk about worship, you know. People who've watched the YouTube's uh, channels, the many of them out there, that have the worship from the Crusades. My, uh, my nephew, William, from Dallas, has a nice church now, a growing church. He was asking me about that a few days ago. And I see the hunger in the young people. I think today I want to deal with, and again tomorrow, how do we really enter the presence of, of God? What is worship? How does it happen? Well, many churches today, um, maybe not all, but many, have song services they call worship. But the presence of God is absent. And it's impossible for true worship to be there without the presence of God. So when we come into the presence of the Lord, the Lord requires that we bring him a sacrifice. And worship is sacrificial. In Romans 12, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice wholly acceptable, which is an act of worship. That reasonable service is really worship. Now, I want to I talk about uh, the roadmap. I think it's so important to understand first that, and the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I want to I deal with the way it begins because you cannot just go into worship. That's not even possible because worship demands a revelation of God's holiness. 
If we haven't had that revelation, it's impossible to worship. So my nephew asked me, William, he said, Uncle Benny, he said, what happens on that platform? What used to happen to you? I said, what, William? There's no such thing as leading worship. We simply worship, and the people join us. But worship, I said, demands that you have a revelation of who God really is. And that happened to me in the 70s, where I had an encounter with the Lord that I write about in Good Morning Holy Spirit. And I would worship at night without any instruments like we have today. I would just start singing the old hymns. What I used to have, the reel-to-reel tapes back then, and I recorded on the reel-to-reel certain beautiful worship songs that I loved. And I would play it, and then the wheel would, the reel would, would get off, you know, only like half an hour or 45 minutes, and it's, it, 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 it's over. Now, there were times I'd go back and rewind it, which took a little time, but then there were many times I, I didn't have to because worship was in my heart already, not on the tape. I think the tape helps us, used to help me. It still does when we listen to worship, you know, on our iPad or iPhone. But there's, there's a time when that worship enters into our spirit. And then you just worship. And, and when it, it becomes heart, Jesus always shows up. But I think everyone has to understand that holiness, that revelation must come first or we cannot enter it. So let's talk about that. Um, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving relates to God's goodness while praise relates to God's greatness. Worship relates to God's holiness. I can, I can thank the Lord for his goodness because we all understand what goodness is by looking at the things around us. God is good to us, by the things we see that he does. Uh, we see goodness in people. We see goodness in the world. When I mean the world, I don't mean the system, I mean the actual planet. You know, you look around, you see such beauty and goodness. We, 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 we have a, an understanding of it, not fully, but we do have an understanding of goodness. So we can say, thank you, Lord. We all understand greatness. We see great people. We see great scenes or sights. I, I remember when I went to the Sinai Desert, I had no idea how clear the skies are in the Sinai. We decided to go to, to the Sinai and climbed Mount Sinai. And they tell you, you have to show up at 11 p.m. and start climbing to be up there by around two in the morning and stay till five. And then you have to come down because when the sun comes up, you can't last. Once that sun comes up, people faint. So it goes from cold to hot like that in the Sinai. So everyone that wants to go up Mount Sinai has got to go up at 11 p.m. So we showed up. We began climbing. To our amazement, we saw the Milky Way. 
I mean clear. The minute we saw the Milky Way, all of us began singing. Just suddenly we began, some, something erupted in us. And I remember we were singing, give thanks. And we were just, like everything in us just exploded with, with music. And I think the, the greats who wrote great symphonies, I think they probably had a moment like that of where they saw God's creation. I'll never forget going to Switzerland. I'm there in Lausanne. We go to Lake Geneva, which I'd never seen before. I stand on that beautiful area looking down Lake Geneva, and out of me just came out praise without even me thinking. So when we see God's greatness, we all praise Him. Even unbelievers write beautiful music. They're inspired by a sunset, you know, or a sunrise or some beautiful thing they see. So we can understand greatness. So it says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So praise is understood. But holiness has no parallel. I can understand thanksgiving. I can understand because of God's goodness. I can thank him. I can understand praise somewhat because it's the result of greatness, like the Sinai experience, Switzerland, all that. Dear Lord, holiness? Where can you see that? There's no parallel on earth. There's no, there's no, uh, nothing to look at that's holy. So holiness is a revelation because it, it, it has no parallel on the globe. So you can talk about God's wisdom. We can talk about God's goodness. We can talk about God's greatness because we understand it. And I want to say even wisdom. We understand God's wisdom because we see wise people. So, okay, I get wisdom because I see them. I see people are wise. But holiness, where do we find it? So, worship takes place. And that's what really opens the door to God's presence. Worship takes place when we have a revelation of holiness. Goodness does not need, need a revelation. Greatness does not need a revelation. I'm talking about God's, God's. God's goodness, it's all around you. We don't need to have anything revealed about goodness. God's goodness. We don't even need a revelation about praise with greatness because it's there. But worship, we need a revelation of God's holiness. So without the revelation of holiness, you and I cannot enter. And years ago, I discovered something very powerful about the Lord. To worship Him, I have to see Him. To worship Him, I have to see Him. Um, would, you, would you play... I worship you, Almighty God, there's none like you. And we sing songs uh, often, and we're not paying attention. So, I worship you, Almighty God, there is none like you. Well, you got to know him to even say those words. I worship you, O Prince of Peace, that is what I want 
to do. Well, all right. So, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving takes place, and I'm going to get back to worship because I've, I've got to explain this process. Thanksgiving takes place when I understand grace. Grace enables me to thank Him. I want to I go to a scripture with you. Thank you, Jesus. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth, all the earth. All right. Wherefore, we're receiving a kingdom. I'm reading Hebrews 12, 28. And play for me that beautiful heavenly strings I like, Bruce. Wherefore, we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, that word, have grace, interestingly, in the NIV says, be thankful. So it would read, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this amazing verse. Wherefore, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us be thankful, whereby we may serve God acceptably. Um, the word grace, the Greek says charis. Now, the word charis, uh, that's where we get the word grace from, charis, grace. I called Marie last night, I said, Marie, in French, if I remember in French, they didn't say merci de Dieu. Thank you, Lord. They would say, they would actually say, grâce. In French, they say, grâce à Dieu, right? Grâce à Dieu, thanks be to God. So in French, it is not right to say mercy to the Lord. We say grace in French. Am I, am I right? Because mercy deals with people. Thank you to someone. But if I said thank you to the Lord in French, I say, Gras. Spanish, gracias. Italian, grazie. All comes from grace. So if someone says, thank you in Spanish, gracias. What people don't know is it means grace. So Lord, I thank you is, I give you grace. Isn't that powerful? Grace be with you, Lord. So where, where did all this begin? Pray grace in the, when you eat. It's a thanksgiving. Isn't that powerful? So thanksgiving cannot be really understood or experienced without understanding God's grace. All right. <clears throat> um, in, in Psalm 95, let's go to Psalm 95. And I'm beginning really kind of slowly with you because I'm going to really explain this to you when it comes to entering into God's presence. David starts with, come, let us sing. I'm reading Psalm 995. Unto, unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence, before his presence, before you can enter, with thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise with psalms 
I used to tell Sonero all the time, Jim Sonero, you go and clear the atmosphere and I'll bring God's presence in. Praise clears the atmosphere, changes the atmosphere. So in OCC and the Crusades, I'd have the choir, Bruce is sitting right now playing the in, in, instrument you're listening to, the choir would do, would do beautiful numbers, he would play certain things on the piano to clear the atmosphere of what is worldly, to bring in the, if I may say, the, the uh, thought, the, the, the acknowledgement, God is about to walk in. So it says, sing unto the Lord, make a joyful noise, come before his presence with thanksgiving, make a joyful noise to him with songs, for the Lord is great, a great God, great king above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills, the sea is his, he made it, his hands formed. So he's trying to help us un un understand that we, we do know what greatness is by looking at creation. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker. Why? He is our God. He is our God. In other words, I know him. My God. Not someone else's. My God. There was a, a moment in Jerusalem, 1974, when Catherine Kuhlman had gone to Jerusalem for the first time, it's all on a, on a film that I have, where she spoke at the conference in Jerusalem called the Holy Spirit Conference. She walked up to the mayor at that time, Teddy Kolek. She said, he is our God. And he didn't know what she was saying. He was just staring at her. And then she said, your God is mine. And there was such a pow moment on the film. And poor Teddy, he didn't know what to tell him. In other words, your God, Jewish people, my God. And when she said, my God, you can feel that thing on the film. It was like a, a moment that hit you, that pulled you. And I think this is how we can worship. He is our God. Come, let us worship, bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He is our God. So thanksgiving is the door that opens the entrance. Now praise. Praise. I found something. Oh, this is, this is incredible. I've read this, this amazing scripture many, many times, but studying this to teach today, this was yesterday, in fact. I never, I never knew. I remember Bunky saying years ago, Ronald Bunky, that how when God created the earth, there was singing, but it didn't hit me. He said there was joy as God said, let there be light. Listen, 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 to this. this is incredible, okay? Let me begin with verse 4 of Job 13. Where was thou? Now God is asking Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have an understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof? If you know, or who has stretched 
the line on it. Whereupon are the foundations that are fastened. He said, who fastened it? So he's, now he's re rebuking Job for what he had said earlier. He said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you know it. Where were you when, when I laid the measures thereof? Do you know, he said, if thou knowest, verse 5, or who has who, who stretched the line on the earth? Whereupon are the foundations, where, where are they fastened? Who, who, who secured the planet? Did you? Who, who laid the cornerstone? And then verse 7, hit me. When the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. Whoa. Do you know what this says to me? It was praise. It was praise that spanned the planet into course. It was the praise of the angels that just brought. God spoke it. Praise launched it. Because why would God say that? Were you there when the morning stars sang? Were you there when the sons of God shouted? And as they're singing, I shut up the seaward doors. When they were singing, I made the clouds. When they were singing, creation took place. You see how powerful praise is? So we talk about when we praise the Lord, how God moves in. He dwells in that praise. Victories are won in that praise. And amazing. And praise is so powerful that Psalm 22. I know, I know, you know, I'm going to get into how to enter. It may take me more than one program to teach on this because I'm almost out of time. But I got to, we have to prepare the way because you can't just, look, look, this has happened to me. It took, it's a process. Entering the presence of God is a process. You can't enter in the first time just by showing up. It's not going to happen. It takes a revelation. And thanksgiving, God's grace, greatness, opens my eyes to see who he is. To understand who he is. But thou art holy. Psalm 22, 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. Do you know what the word inhabit means? Hebrew says yashav. Yashav means to sit, to be enthroned. Praise causes God to sit down. Isn't it powerful? We think of God standing up. It's when he sits down that the victories come. Doesn't it say that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God? It's a place of victory. Not a place of action. Action took, took place before that. When he sat, then he brought all his enemies under his feet. They became his footstool. Praise causes God to actually sit down. O thou art holy, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises 
or that is enthroned on the praises of Israel. Some translations say enthroned. You're enthroned on the praises of Israel. In other words, rule begins. So now, when thanksgiving is combined with praise, listen carefully. When thanksgiving and praise come together, now we have access into worship. That's what gives us access. It's a process. So it says very clearly, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, now into his courts with praise. All right. For thou, O Lord, art high. I love it. I'm so glad you're with me, Bruce. I can flow like that, you know? I love it. Okay. Look, look at verse 4. Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. All right. So thanksgiving opens the gate. Praise opens the courts. Because there is a gate. There is actually two gates. People don't realize that. Because Isaiah talked about the gate of praise too. So David mentions one gate. Isaiah mentions the second gate in Isaiah 60. Because those gates open. So think about there are people who can thank God, but they cannot literally get into the gate of praise. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land. I'm reading Isaiah 60, 18. Wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. There are gates of praise. So I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Notice it's gates. Not one gate. Gates. Maybe you, you, you didn't pay attention. Let's go back to Psalm 100. Look. The gates that open are plural. Enter into his, his gates with thanksgiving. Now Isaiah talks about gates again. There are more, there's more than one gate. And I think gates that, that open, it's like a flood begins. And Isaiah 60, 18 talks about plural gates, not one gate. Violence shall no more be heard in your land, wasting nor destruction within your borders, but thou wilt call your walls salvation, your gates praise. Notice. Notice that God dwells in perfect peace, perfect tranquility, no violence or destruction in the presence of the Lord. Violence will no more be heard in your land, destruction and wasting they're not within your borders because what's within your borders Lord is salvation and I come in there when the gates of praise open up and I enter into that place so without thanksgiving there's no access to praise without praise there's no access to worship and when I come into worship what do I come? Into what? Tranquility. Peace. 
no violence, no wasting, no destruction. Okay, Bruce. You are my adequate. So now we come to worship. A place of such incredible peace. When you read Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. That's protection. I will say of the Lord, He is my fortress. Protection. Think about all the promises given right after that. No plague. No harm. A thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but you, no violence. Worship. I've had moments of worship privately and publicly where I've looked up and said, Lord, take me home now. I don't want to come down from the mountain. Because it was beyond description. And that comes with revelation of who God is. A song service is not worship. Worship takes place in the heart, not in the building. Say it again. Worship takes place in the heart, not the auditorium. Now I'm going to give you one more scripture and then we're going to say goodbye for today and continue tomorrow. Colossians 2, 20. And keep playing that beautiful song. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not. Which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship or self-imposed self-imposed worship. Are you listening? What we're seeing today in many churches is self-imposed worship, not the result of revelation. It's self-imposed. Let's sing. Let's have a song service. And humility and neglecting of the body. And what does it do? It satisfies the flesh. The worship today in many places only satisfies the flesh. How sad, huh? Why? The more people focus on what not to do, the more power the not to do takes over. The more they focus on, I cannot do this, I cannot do this, I cannot do this. It's, it's all structured. Don't do this. You have, to, you, you have to be like a certain way. Holiness is not a set of rules about where you go, what to do, how to dress, how to sing. It's not about that. 
it's the heart. It's a revelation of who God is. And Paul touches this really powerful. He says, if you are dead with Christ, only then worship his will. Because that's what it says right here. Wherefore, if you are dead with Christ, why, as though living, are you subject to all these commands? Don't touch, don't taste, don't handle. Yeah, these, these things have some show of wisdom. Self-imposed worship is not what God wants because all it does, it, it satisfies the flesh. So join me tomorrow because I want to continue this teaching on worship. I'm going to explain holiness to you. To the best of my ability, I'm going to explain holiness. Because without that revelation, worship is not possible. If you want to enter into the presence of the Lord, and I know you do, you ask Him to reveal His holiness, who He is. Lord, thank you for your word. Now, Lord, I pray you'll give your people that revelation they all need. We all need it, Lord. We need it all the time of who you are, your beauty, your mercy, your light-giving blessedness. Give it a prayer. Give it a prayer. Lord, bring your people into that place where they will enter into your presence daily and abide in your presence continually. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for being with me today. For the Lord has used this to at least help you understand it because I think 2023 is going to be an amazing, remarkable year for all of us. Not for the world, but for all of us. And I'm going to ask you right now to give to the Lord's work and I want to pray with you. I want to pray over you that the Lord will bless the work of your hands, that everything you touch will grow and multiply. <laughs> So, Lord, bless them as they honor you today. Your word says, honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruit of your increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses will burst out with new wine. Bless your people, Lord. Multiply that seed mightily in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. And yesterday, by the way, if you missed yesterday, we're going to rerun it because it was so powerful. I did a, a kind of a New Year's Eve program, which we also ran yesterday, Sunday. And we're going to run it again Wednesday because the anointing was just magnificent. Much love to you, and I'll see you tomorrow as I finish the teaching on the presence of the Lord and worship, the need for it. Oh, by the way, you can sow your seed. I forgot to say that before. you can sow your seed right now. On the platform you're watching me on, go to our website, benihin.org, or simply text BHM45777. The easiest is our website. All right, much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy New Year.